praise God from whom all blessings I didn't know if that was going to have an amen at the end or not. Were you with me? <laughs> I'm the only one. Okay. Uh, Jesse, thanks for, man, raising the bar to daily giving. That's, that's really, I'm glad that you're leading by example. Uh, we're, we're excited about that. Uh, it is good to be here today. My name is John, and uh, I'm the community pastor here at Lincoln Park. And just, you know, super excited that you chose to join us on kind of a sultry summer day, right? I mean, it's pretty warm out there, but hopefully you've got some fun, cool activities uh, throughout the afternoon. Uh, have you ever wished God would speak to you, uh, I mean, just like another person would speak to you? You know, kind of like I'm talking to you right now. Have you ever wished that God would speak to you like that directly, that clearly? Anybody? Am I the only one? Yeah, I think most of us probably at one time or another sort of wish that. I mean, maybe you've been in a situation where uh, you needed clarity you were facing a decision or a set of circumstances that had you confused, uncertain, wondering where in the world to turn. And in your desperation, you pray, right? Or, or maybe you even, you know, you reach for a Bible, hoping, just hoping that maybe, just maybe, God will have something in here that is so obviously for you in that moment. Have you ever done that before? I think a lot of us probably have. Now, I'm not sure if that's what motivated Marion Shirtleff to purchase this Bible. But a few years back, she bought the Bible you see in this picture at a used bookstore near her home in San Clemente, California. And after making a purchase and returning home, she discovered a couple of pages folded up like in the, in the middle of her Bible, okay? A couple of small little notebook pages folded up in the middle of this Bible that she bought. And on these yellow folded sheets of notebook paper, she saw a, a child's handwriting that actually looked quite familiar. And then to her amazement, Marion discovered her name at the top of the page. And as she looked closer, she realized what was in that Bible was an essay that she wrote when she was 10 years old to earn a merit badge for Girl Scouts in Covington, Kentucky, some 2,000 miles away from where she purchased the Bible. Marion says, I opened up that Bible and I was just blown away. My name was literally there. She said, I was crying, shaking. Pretty crazy story, huh? Uh, but you know something? I, I have come to believe that if we will dare to deeply look into the pages of God's word, we will find maybe not something quite as shocking as what Marion found, but I think we will see evidence of our own lives. Because throughout the pages of scripture, we can find people just like us. I mean, people who had a faith and a hope in God, people who you know, battled de depression and, and struggled with doubt and, and lust and pride. And as we read the, the stories, I think what we'll find is that we'll begin to see our own story within the pages of scripture. Now, you might think that, you know, reading the Bible is like reading any other book. But see, through this series, we're hoping that you will find something more, something deeply personal. You see, I'm convinced that if we will actually dare to dive into Scripture, 
you'll find stuff that has not only been written about you, but that stuff that has been written to you. And see, I think in this story, in this story, you will actually find your story. You will find your story. And so today we're starting this new series called When You Are. And in this series, we're going to explore the Psalms in particular. I don't know if you've ever looked into the Psalms, but if you have a, a hardback or a paperback Bible like this and you open it up pretty much to the middle, you'll probably find the Psalms. Because the Psalms can help us connect with God in, in the midst of pretty much whatever we might be experiencing. You know, whether you're confused, remorseful, uh, brokenhearted, or actually if you're feeling quite good, that book, I believe, maybe like few in all of Scripture, can really help us better to connect to God. You might not know this, but the Psalms were actually originally written as a prayer book for the people of God to sing. Yeah, it was actually written as a prayer book for the people of God to sing. Author and scholar Eugene Peterson, he says, they represent the experience of men and women who have prayed in every conceivable circumstance across 30 centuries. Now think about that. Think of the depth and richness of that. They represent the experience of men and women who have prayed in every conceivable circumstance across 30 centuries. And so when we read or pray or maybe even sing the Psalms, we do so with literally millions of other people throughout the centuries who have also found these Psalms helpful in drawing them closer to God. Now, many of the Psalms are attributed to to David, the shepherd boy, the one who uh, killed the the giant Goliath and eventually became the, the greatest king that Israel ever knew. And some scholars aren't sure that David actually wrote all the Psalms that are attributed to him, but they do believe that even those that aren't attributed to him directly reflect events that actually occurred in his life. And you see, David's life contains so many lessons that can help us learn how to pursue God no matter what life brings our way. Because just like us, David experienced all sorts of ups and downs. I mean, there were times when his gratitude and praise, I mean, it just overflowed. And there were other times when his remorse or, or brokenheartedness was absolutely overwhelming. And though our, our circumstances certainly might be different than David's, I think each of us can relate to these inner realities that David experienced. And, and one of the realities that David experienced was confusion. Confusion. Now, if you ask me, confusion may be the single best word to describe the last 18 months. Are you with me? Think about the last 18 months. That's one of the words I would definitely choose. I mean, we've had, you know, political confusion. We've had economic confusion. We've had uh, ongoing confusion over the global pandemic, right? And while confusion, I think, on a global scale can be very unsettling, I think that, like, personal confusion can also be maybe even more unsettling because you, you kind of feel like you're in it by yourself, all alone, sort of in isolation, right? And, and I'm guessing that, you know, some of us here today are in a season of confusion. I don't know, maybe it's uh, confusion when it comes to your purpose in life. Maybe you thought by now you'd have a job that not only allowed you to make a buck, but also to make a difference. And uh, it just hasn't turned out that way. Or, or maybe you've achieved a certain level of success, you know, but you're, you're confused that something still feels very empty about it all. You know, you, you thought if you got to where you are, you'd feel something more, something more fulfilling. And, you know, if you're honest and we talked, you'd say, it's, it's, not, it's not really happening. Or, or maybe you're here today and you feel confusion in your relationships. I don't know, if you're single, maybe you thought you'd be married by now or at least in a, in a serious relationship. Or maybe you're married and... You know, that person that you said I do to, you're still with, they have the same name as they always did, but they're not the same person. And you wonder how could things have become so uncertain when you were so sure? 
And for some people, I think your, your greatest place of confusion might be in your relationship with God. For whatever reason, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're just a little bit less sure of your faith now than you once were. Maybe you're here and you, you feel like you know, you're doing all the right stuff, but still just kind of confused as to why you don't feel close to God like you once did. Or maybe you just feel like, maybe just like you got more questions than ever. You know, and that leaves you confused. I don't know. I mean, for others, maybe your source of confusion is related to your finances. Maybe it's your mental health. Or, or maybe there's something, you know, with your physical health that's left you confused. Bottom line, see, life can be very confusing. And I think for all of us at different times in our life, it can leave us wondering, okay, you know, where is God? Does he care? And actually, can he even help anyway? But, but here's some reassuring news, all right? You're not alone. You are not alone. Even King David wrestled with confusion. I mean, throughout his life. You know, there may be more written about David and by David than any other Old Testament person. I mean, his entire life is documented in great detail. As a matter of fact, if you, if you look at the books of 1 and 2 Samuel in the Old Testament, you'll be able to read about most of David's life. And I would encourage you at some point throughout this series, the next four weeks, to go ahead and pick it up and read those books, 1 and 2 Samuel in the Old Testament. But something you'll notice as you read David's story or as you read the Psalms is that David's life was filled with defining moments where he responded with a def definitive faith. Defining moments where he responded with a definitive and defiant faith. But his life is also filled with seasons of great struggle and confusion. And, and David's journey to become king, I mean, his journey to become king was a season of cascading confusion. Almost like epic confusion. So we pick up a David's story when the prophet Samuel is sent by God to anoint the next king of Israel. Now, this might also sound well and good at this point, but there's already a king, King Saul. And generally speaking, it doesn't work out too well to walk into the palace and ask for the keys to the kingdom. That doesn't always work out too well. Uh, regime change in that day was ugly. I mean, like bloodshed and chaos. And on top of that, David was just a boy, one of eight. Not from a prominent or influential family either. I mean, he was quite possibly the least likely person to rule Israel. Then try to imagine this next scene, okay? David is called in to become King Saul's personal musician, all right? To comfort the king who is feeling tormented by an evil spirit. Now, that should have tipped him off. This is not going to be easy. You're the personal musician for the king who's tormented by an evil spirit. Uh, Ryan, weren't you the personal musician for the president of Auburn University when you were going to school there? <laughs> you know, when I thought of this, I thought of you. I'm like, okay, so what's it like to be a personal musician for someone? I mean, that's got to be an interesting scenario. Did you ever notice any evil spirits around the pro you can You can talk to us about that later. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I mean, we're not exactly sure what was happening with King Saul and this evil spirit, but we know he had moments of such anger and rage that at one point he hurled a spear at David. Now, that's a pretty tough gig for a musician, huh? <laughs> and then the confusion for David only gets worse. When David kills the giant Goliath, he gets promoted to a position of prominence. He leads armies, even marries one of King Saul's daughters. Now, you would think that David's finally getting close to his destiny, right? But events quickly take a turn for the worse as Saul's growing jealousy of David just increases and leads him to try to kill David. David's on the run for like seven years. He's homeless until he finally becomes king. 
I mean, there are so many more twists and turns in David's story. We just don't have time to cover them all this morning. But it makes me wonder, how did David make sense out of all this? I mean, he had to be utterly confused as to God's plan for his life. I mean, at times his thoughts must have been racing, just racing with all sorts of questions. I mean, no doubt David experienced significant confusion. And even though his circumstances are a bit more dramatic than ours, it's been a while since I've had a spear thrown at me, I think it's easy to relate to him when we feel like things aren't going according to our plans. Are you with me? I mean, sometimes life isn't clear, right? I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes life makes sense. Things kind of go as planned. But other times it's not clear. No, it's life gets muddy. The math doesn't work. And the clarity that we so long for, I mean, it just seems like it's beyond our grasp, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but that sounds like the last two years to me. I mean, the one word, another word I've used to describe the last 18 months more than the other is uncertain. Just uncertain. And on a personal level, I would say the last, the last half of 2020 into the first few months of 2021 were some of the most difficult times I think I've ever walked through personally. Uh, man, heading into COVID and the lockdowns, I mean, I was, I was already working probably overtime, you know, trying to cover way too many bases in too many places. Our staff was a bit shorthanded. COVID brought tons of change, and I was just living in overdrive almost all the time. And I know some people look at the lockdowns and they think, oh man, that must have been like a vacation for pastors. I mean, if you're not at church on Sunday, what are you doing all week, right? Wasn't quite like that for me. I mean, my response to the lockdowns and the pandemic, I mean, was to try to kick it into another gear, right? Yeah, I mean, so we can innovate, not miss a step and and come out of this, you know, pandemic stronger than ever. That was my mindset. And that was my plan last spring. But I gotta tell you, by the end of, June of last year, man, I was struggling. Never experienced anything like that before in my life. I mean, tasks that in the past were second nature suddenly seemed monumental. I mean, it, only thing I could, one way I've described it, it was like I was in mile 18 of a marathon all the time. And man, I, I hit a wall. And for the life of me, I just couldn't figure out how to get through it. Didn't matter how much I prayed. Didn't how, matter how many counseling sessions I went to. I mean, or how much scripture I read or how much quiet time I had. I was in a fog. And, and it, I mean, it was terribly confusing. But I'm guessing that, you know, if it's not the last two years, at some point in your life, you've probably had a similar experience. Maybe it's even right now. Where there's just, you know, confusion. And I think during these uncertain times, man, we, we so long for clarity, don't we? I mean, we want answers. I mean, it can almost feel like you're standing over a puzzle and there's one missing piece, right? Have you been there? You can't think about anything else, right? Other than that one missing piece. And we want God to fix it. We want him to jump in and just do something. But I mean, the truth is confusion is an unavoidable part of life. We don't know the future. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't always know what God's up to. That's just the truth. And, well, that brings me back to King David and what we know is the wisdom psalms in Scripture. And what I have found, and I hope you'll kind of journey with us over the course of the next several weeks, what I have found is something that I think, if we look over history, many, many 
hundreds if not millions of people have found is that actually praying and reflecting on the Psalms can be one of the most practical and helpful ways not to just survive, but to maybe even thrive during a season of confusion. Looking at these Psalms, these wisdom Psalms of David, I think can be a game changer. Um, Wisdom Psalms like Psalm 19 can help us find solid footing in our relationship with God during a season of extreme confusion. I remember, okay, the Psalms were written, again, as a prayer book for the people of God, right? To sing. And praying these Psalms is, is an exercise that is actually meant to lead us toward God and lead us closer to God, even in our times of confusion. And so we're going to do something that's maybe a little bit different than what you normally expect here at Community. Um, I'm going to lead you through a process of kind of praying through Psalm 19. Don't worry, you're not going to have to pray out loud. It's, it's going to be a very personal time of, of prayer. But I want to walk you through this psalm to help you apply it to maybe a particular area of confusion that you're walking through right now. Does that make sense? We're going to look at Psalm 19. And I want to just kind of walk you through that psalm and help you apply it to whatever area of confusion you might be experiencing. And I don't know what it might be. It might be your career. Like I said, it might be a relationship. It might be something in your past that if you and I had a chance to talk, you'd say, yeah, you know, this has been confusing for me since I was a kid. And you know what? Every day I still deal with it. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to just take a moment to acknowledge your confusion before God. And uh, if you would, maybe just kind of put your hands on your, on your lap, kind of like this. Just hold it open like this, all right? And in doing so, I want you to imagine that you're, you're holding that confusion in your hands, okay? That uh, confusing situation, that confusing circumstance, that confusing issue, whatever it might be that, that you'd say, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty there. There's a lot of confusion there. Just, I want you to kind of hold that in your hands. And then I want you to go ahead and just, if you would, you know, stretch yourself just a little bit. Take a moment right now and, and name your confusion. You don't have to say it out loud. Just in your mind, say it to God. Tell him, and if it helps, you can just say, God, I'm really confused about and fill in the blank. Okay, just take a moment to do that. You know, if it helps, you can close your eyes. You can keep them open either way. Whatever helps you focus the most. But as you're holding on to that confusion, I'm going to read Psalm 19 in four parts. And I'm going to walk you through this psalm, helping you apply God's wisdom and perspective to this particular situation, whatever it might be, all right? The scripture is also on the screen. If you'd rather just hear it, that's fine. Either way, you can close your eyes and listen, or you can look at the screen. It's the psalm of David. And again, remember, when, when David writes this, he speaks from which he knows. He had seasons of confusion. He held very heavy seasons of confusion in his hands. Psalm 19 starts with verses 1 through 6. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. 
Nothing is deprived of its warmth. You see how God reveals himself to us through nature? And if we let it, creation can remind us of the greatness and glory of our creator whose order can be seen and how he manages the sun. I love that phrase there. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. You see, I think in times of confusion, we need to remember that God is God. He still orders the planets, right? The, sets the stars in the sky and causes the sun to rise and set with precision timing. He's not confused. He's not unsure. And he can be that solid ground we need to stand on. And so what I want you to do is just in a, for a moment, I want you to quietly hold your confusion in the light of a God who is bigger and more powerful than we could ever imagine. Would you do that? Take a moment to do that. Hold that confusion in your hands in the light of a God who is bigger and more powerful than we could ever imagine. Next is verses 7 through 11. David writes, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, much, much more than pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. See, here how, how David sees how God reveals his heart and his character through his word, his statutes, his precepts, his commands. David's remembering what a precious gift we've been given right here in God's word. And see, in the same way, the wisdom we need to navigate our confusion can be found in God's word. I mean, even when we don't know necessarily where to go or what to do, we can take comfort in knowing how we are to live, right? We can remember that Jesus said what's most important in life is to love God and love others, right? Love God, love people. Uh, that's not confusing at all. <laughs> it's not easy, but it's not confusing. And I don't know about you, I'm, I'm pretty good at taking something simple and making it very confusing. This is not confusing. So just think about what it would look like, all right? In the midst of whatever confusing situation or circumstances you're dealing with, if you, in that confusion, said, you know what? In spite of what I'm experiencing, I'm going to love God and love people as best I can. How about that? What if you did that? What if you said, God, you know, I'm still confused. And this is a really hard situation, but I, I'm, going to, I'm going to do all I can just to love you and love people in spite of it. What would that look like? Take just a moment and imagine prayerfully what that might look like for you to love God and love people in the midst of your confusing circumstance. Okay, take a moment to think about that. All right, next is verses 12 and 13. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults, Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless 
innocent of great transgression. I mean, we all know we're fully capable, right, of making a confusing situation way, way worse by the way we respond. Maybe I'm the only one. And I, but if I look back at the last year and a half, my response to my confusion in the last year was to worry, be anxious, and to work even more, thinking somehow I could grind my way out of it. And see, these verses remind me, it's not my work that's going to lead me out of confusion. It's God's Spirit at work within me that will bring clarity and lead me to live more like Him in the midst of my confusion. So just, just take a moment now and, and do what David does here. Invite, if you would, the Holy Spirit. Just say, Spirit of God, search my heart. Give me protection, freedom, forgiveness. Just take a moment and, and ask Him as we begin to wrap up this time together. And then finally, David's conclusion to this psalm. This might be familiar to some of you. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And you see, I think this is the prayer that flows from someone who has encountered God in creation, experienced the wisdom of God's word, and invited God's spirit to reside in his heart. And what David's doing here is inviting us to submit our confusion to the one who is ultimately trustworthy, to, 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 to draw strength from him, our God, our rock, and our redeemer. And you see, I'm convinced that when we prayerfully bring our confusion before God through a wisdom psalm like what we just read, Psalm 19, our confusion, it might not go away right away. I'm not, I'm not saying this is all going to make everything you know, suddenly better. But I think when we begin to focus on who we are with, our Redeemer, and, and where we are standing on Him, our rock, it is possible, I think, just like David, to have peace and to even flourish in the midst of whatever confusion life brings your way. I'm going to say a prayer. Father God, thank you for Thank you for words like these in Psalm, Psalm 19, that they're not just only words, but they, they come from the life of someone who experienced this. Lord, help us to, to rest on you, our rock and our redeemer. Lord, help us to see that in your word we can, we can find strength and comfort and peace through some of the most difficult situations. We pray this in your name. Amen.